Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome talented artist Brian Level. Brian is working with longtime collaborator writer Ryan Ferrier and fellow artist Eamon Hill on the fifth and final issue of their Brothers James series, which recently has started its Zoop campaign. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. I am your host, Martin, and today we do indeed welcome talented artist Brian Level. Brian has worked for DC and Marvel as well as a number of independent publishers and is one of the co-creators of the Brothers Chain series, which he is bringing the, the fifth and final chapter in the series to Zoop, along with his longtime collaborator Ryan Ferrier and fellow artist Eamon Hill. So we're going to talk about his career, his work on the series, his other gig as a tattoo artist, and more. So let's welcome Brian Level to GVN's Talking Comics interview. Uh, how are we doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm uh, doing fine. So I appreciate you spending a little time with us. Okay, so let's go ahead and start in the logical place, which is, of course, the beginning. Uh, when did you take an interest in comic art, and uh, who are the comic creators that might have inspired you to pursue that interest? Uh, so that is like a lifelong question. Uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, it, it almost feels like there's like, uh, there was like, I don't know, seasons or whatever. So early for me, it was superheroes. And particularly, I was like a big fan of Ron Lim and what was going on with Silver Surfer and Infinity Gauntlet as a kid. And, and then Scott McDaniel took over on Daredevil and I totally geeked out. And Mark Bagley, Spider-Man, stuff like that was like what really got me into comics and, and made me fall in love. Uh, and Punisher Armory, for some reason, it was just super cool to like look at, you know, I don't know, super detailed Michael Golden drawings of guns. Did you, uh, I mean, did you study art uh, in in the beginning as far as, uh, you know, just for illustration or any, or any purposes or are you self-taught or how exactly did uh, you learn to do what you do? Sure. So, well, I, I started making comics as a kid. Um, not really like comic books. I was more of an illustrator as a kid, I guess. And then I started doing comics in my adolescence. And uh, kind of, you know, I've always done art. I'm primarily self-taught, I guess. I did go to school. Like I went to college for a year and a half. Um, but, you know, like it was a liberal arts school. So most of the stuff that I took was kind of like your basic, like, I don't know, academic courses. Um, and then I had a couple of amazing, amazing instructors. I had a great high school art instructor, Doug McCauley. And then my college instructor that really took me under his wing, Matt Willie, was spectacular as well. So in the brief time that I had college that year and a half, I did work really hard. But it's always kind of been like a hit the books and then figure it out as you go, like and mostly from repetition, really. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. I've, I've been drawing pretty much since I was seven, so uh, I still haven't uh, figured it all out yet, but I'm, I'm still working on it. Uh, okay, so you, you work in just the traditional paper pen, uh, none, none of the digital stuff? No, I work digitally as well. Uh, I think it depends on what I'm doing. Like there's like, a, <clears throat> I guess I tend to rely on the sort of lack of messiness of digital when I know that I'm doing a lot of layers on my stuff so if I got like a really intense background and stuff going on in foregrounds like I kind of lean into the digital like I'll do my layouts on paper almost always like I'll usually draw them in the margins of the script or whatever I'll print my scripts out like an old head and then I'll start drawing uh, in the margins and stuff to kind of get it figured out scan it out and then assemble it in photoshop and then I'll kind of go into clip studio um, and just kind of get like my grids and stuff laid out digitally because then it's much easier than pulling out super long rulers and laying these you know it just it's a mess right. uh, and so I'd rather just kind of jump into clip studio and kind of make those grids um, by hand there 
and then, or, or sorry, digitally there, and then just print those onto board, and then I'll finish on the board. So, uh, do you do your own inking on your illustrations? Uh, so, I I broke into comics as an inker, and I love inking. But uh, like with Brothers James, that was all my inks and stuff like that. Um, but weirdly, right now, on the, I'm doing this Batman project over at DC, and that I have an inker. It's my first gig I've ever done as a solo penciler. Like I've never had that before. So I've done six issue. Well, I'm on my I'm on the sixth issue of this Batman thing, and it's been an interesting experience to work with an inker because you gotta think differently when you draw. You know. Right. And actually, that's something that's becoming more, at least as far as my experience, it's coming almost kind of more rare for you to have a separate inker because uh, quite a few of the artists that I've talked to uh, do their own inking anymore. But back when back in the day when I was, uh, you know, in the 70s, there was always a separate inker. There was, um, right, right. was a penciler and an inker. Uh, so and of course, uh, I was a big John B. Seema fan and John didn't like anybody inking his stuff. He never thought anybody did it right. I said the only one he ever thought did it right was him. Uh, I guess he allowed his brother Sal to touch his stuff, but other than that, so I mean, so I, I find it interesting that you that you kind of do both. I say because uh, usually I find they either uh, artists either do the you know traditional stuff or they do the digital. They don't do both, so so that's kind of cool. Uh, all right, so, so you mentioned that we're working on Batman. Can okay, you've done you know work for both DC and Marvel, you know Batman and the main you know big name characters of. Batman, the Hulk, and such like that, and you've also done the independent, you know, creative own characters. Do you prefer one over the other? So I guess it, like, like kind of talking mercenary about it, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I prefer work for hire work when I'm broke. Um, when I'm not broke, I prefer creator-owned independent books. Um, it, I mean, so I'm a tattoo artist, like I own a tattoo shop. That's like one of my jobs like that I have, I still go to every single week. And, you know, being in the tattoo shop, a lot of that job is essentially taking the client's request and then you transform it into something that works on skin. And so I've always kind of likened it to like being in a cover band where like they have the song, you're just playing it in the way that you know how to play it. Um, and I feel like a lot of work for hire comics like me is playing songs that I've loved my whole life. Um, and I get a chance to really rip a sick solo on it and do some bitching stuff. And, and pardon me if I'm not allowed to cuss. I apologize. I'm no, you, you're you're fine. I'm, Go. I, I'm 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 come from a tattoo shop. I come from a sailor tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, but the you know like so so when I'm in work for hire, it's like you get paid well. Um, well, I mean, depends on the job. You know, sometimes you're not paid so well, but. Uh, that's a whole nother discussion. But generally speaking, I love the work for hire stuff because I get to play songs that I've always been kind of stoked about uh, playing. But the indie and creator owned is like, well, I'm writing my own songs. And that was kind of the whole reason I started getting into comics as a proper professional. And when I, I use that term with like quotation marks around it, well, I mean, taking it seriously. Like who, right. what is a professional? I'm the least professional guy I know. Um, but reasonably speaking, like uh, being in the tattoo shop for so long, like I've, I, there is no, like, like I have not lost any love for tattooing, but as I've aged, um, there's been like a recontextualizing that's had to happen with it, which is that this is not my art form. This is our art form, like me and the client. And so when I want to do like my art form, like I need to have an outlet that doesn't involve uh, unwarranted or, or sorry, unsolicited advice. You know, like obviously I work with an editor a lot of times on my own stuff, but it's like, I want my ideas in my way um, so I can be more expressive and be like a capital A artist. It's kind of like pretentious, but you know, when you draw all day long for other people, sometimes it's nice to draw for yourself. 
Very good. So actually, you kind of beat me to the punch there because I did not realize that you were a tattoo artist until just uh, uh, earlier today when I looked it up and said, oh, my my daughter would just love you because uh, and, I, <laughs> and I've gained a whole new respect for tattoo artists because uh, both of my daughters have tattoos on and they're beautiful. I mean, they do. It's fabulous work. And I never really considered it. Uh, so and so I was going to ask you before you did that if it had any correlation as far as working in your comic work, but you kind of already answered that question. Yeah, the, I mean, I think the closest thing that I can say is that like, like, you know, for me, it's been this big circle and then I've realized there is no ending to any of this stuff. Like it is a beginning and an ending at all times. Like every ending is a beginning. And so for me going into like, like leaving, not leaving, but like diverging from tattooing to start making comics to like getting like professional enough at comics to start like going back into work for hire is almost like a complete circle with tattooing. And so you just kind of flow in it and try to have a relationship with, with your art in a way that I think is practical and idealistic and naive and also informed and just trying to do that dance in a way that respects everyone, including yourself. Oh, very good. Okay, so let's talk about the Brothers James. I know that you, Ryan Ferrier and Eamon Hill are bringing the fifth and final book of the series to Zoo. So what was the inspiration for the series? And uh, how do you feel that the Brothers James uh, books help to shape your professional career? So Brothers James, I owe a lot to. Um, and I, if I let myself, I could get really sentimental about it. I'll try to keep it professional. Um, but, you know, Brothers James was the first chance that anybody gave me a shot to draw comics in the way that I draw comics. Um, Ryan Ferrier co-created that series ages ago, like probably over 10 years ago with, with a guy who's become a very powerful name in comic books, at, at least as far as my contemporaries go, is Michael Walsh. Um, Mike is kind of known for doing like, you know, the silver coin and stuff. And he's, you know, he's pretty far past this project. So I'm not going to try to talk about him too much, but this was like a thing that they kind of created together. It was probably Ryan's idea. Uh, Mike came up with these awesome character designs, drew the first issue. And Mike ended up getting a book with Ed Brisson, who's another good friend of ours, um, called the Come called Comeback at, at Shadowline. And so Ryan was left without an artist. He totally understood, like Mike has his first image book. Why would I, you know, like right please do, do your thing. And so both Michael and Ryan weirdly had me in mind because I was online at the time and uh, kind of talking, just talking because I was into indie comics at the time. So I was talking to them on Twitter and stuff. And they both kind of like, like, were like, hey, who do you think? And they both had me in mind, which is like a really fun synchronicity or whatever. So they reached out and Ryan reached out and I took over for Michael on issue two. Um, and Ryan gave me a real shot and he became my brother in the process. Like by the time we got to issue four, I had asked if I could write some of it because there was some stuff at the ending that was kind of a little loose for my taste. And he just said, go for it. And he, you know, so that was my first chance at writing a comic like that, like felt legit, not just like me, you know, diddling around. Um, and that was the first comic anybody ever paid me to draw. Ryan paid me out of pocket. Uh, so I have a lot of, you know, a lot of history with it. And then fast forward to now, you know, we did four issues for over the course of probably a year and a half, maybe back then. And now here we are like 10 years later, kind of wrapping it up. Excellent. Okay. So uh, you said you were mentioning uh, Ryan. Uh, so how do you say, how would you think your, your creative partnership has evolved in the, in the time you've worked with Ryan? So Ryan is always a deferential person like he trade and I, I guess I don't say that as a person but he's always a deferential collaborator in that like if he knows that I feel like I can do something stronger in a different way he's going to defer to me 
And uh, so he's always been that way. And it's always, he's always treated me with the utmost respect. And I always try to like, when someone is deferential to me, I always try to make sure I don't take advantage of that. And Ryan really taught me a lot about how to be a good collaborator. Cause I write a lot now too. And I work with other artists. And so I learned a lot about how to be a good writer, not just from his scripts and not just from his story sensibilities, but also just from him as a dude um, and as a collaborator. And so like our creative relationship has been really weird because you know, what started as a guy who brought me in to take over for an artist to becoming like kind of a brief, like a mentor, whether he knew it or not, uh, to just kind of being like my brother and then telling the story about <laughs> brothers, you know, like it's just a really, you know, I'm very sentimental about this comic book. Very good. Okay, so like I said, uh, you're bringing this fifth and final issue uh, through Zoop uh, and Zoop campaign. Uh, what uh, what was it about Zoop that uh, that you decided to use them as your uh, crowdfunding program? So I think uh, Jordan reached out to me if my memory serves correctly because I started talking about crowdfunding. I was getting I was I guess you could say crowdsourcing some crowdfunding opinions right. uh, online. <laughs> And uh, I think Jordan reached out to me. I may have, maybe somebody connected us. I can't recall. My brain is really like, uh, like one of those tools I used to mix up cake, like a, like a cake batter. That's my brain. Uh, <laughs> and, and so if I get some of this wrong and Jordan listens to it and he's like, that ain't how it happened. Like, bro, I'm not trustworthy. Uh, so, but ultimately like we got to talk in and, you know, I was kind of green like on all of this stuff. And they knew it, I knew it, and they kind of had some stuff to offer that was like really attractive to me because, you know, I own a tattoo shop, you know, I have two kids, I have, you know, we're, I'm working on this, this DC project, I'm a busy guy. And right. so um, kind of talking to them about some of the stuff that they were able to actually take care of, there was like a lot of appeal there. And it was like, oh, you're going to take stuff off my plate. And I don't mean it in like a exploitative way, you know, like I'm an old punk rock dude. So like, also they kind of were new uh, kind of a little bit more, I don't want to say underdoggy, but like they were just kind of fresh, fresh faces. And it seemed like there was, I don't know, I just like, I like the punk rock stuff, right? So I was right. like, let's go with these guys. Um, they seem a little less uh, established and we'll see how it goes. And, and so like talking to them, we hit it off. I think Jordan's like one of the nicest guys uh, and deals with me, which is a nightmare to deal with. Uh, and so we, we kind of hit it off and they had some stuff that I feel like was really useful to me. Um, I think is honestly probably useful to a lot of us. It's just a matter of what you need people to do for you and what you don't um, and what the campaign needs essentially. And they covered a lot of things that I really have either A, no interest or B, no capacity to handle. Okay, uh, and actually I've heard that from a lot of different artists through the Zoom campaign because they, they just kind of take a whole lot of the uh, work off your plate and all you just do to do what you do, do uh, do your you know do your art thing. Okay, so if someone goes to the Zoop campaign to check out check out uh, Brothers James, what, what are they going to find there? Um, so they're going to find uh, ultimately like, well, so I guess as a backdrop, since we didn't really talk exactly what the campaign is, and maybe that's what this question is. The campaign's yeah. ultimately for us to crowdfund uh, the last issue. Like honestly, if I'm being completely honest, which I I'm guilty of, like I'm not a marketing guy. Um, that last issue is like being worked on right now and it's gonna get done whether this thing gets funded or not. Um, ultimately, what, what I think people are more or less really helping us with is the promotion for the book, uh, the printing of the book um, to try to get like, so that way like I'm not bleeding out money, you know, essentially that I don't really have to be spending. Um, the book is gonna get done, but like the, the, the campaign is really essentially there. So that way like we can really like kind of give it 
the best shot that it has to get read by the most amount of people and to get printed nicely. And so everybody gets a really good product in their hands. Plus on top of it, like because it's been so long between issues, um, it was a chance for me to do all new covers for the series. Um, there's some variants and stuff like that too for collectors. So you get an option of either getting like a trade paperback collection of everything or all individual issues. We're just trying to keep it like cool, like stuff that I would want to have an option for. Okay, and talking about Brothers James, I completely forgot to mention your fellow artist, Eamon Hill, and I know that uh, you'll want to uh, make sure that we talk about him. So what can you tell me about Eamon? So weirdly, Eamon is another tattoo artist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was not able to take over drawing duties on this because of my stuff, like my, my other obligations. And, you know, like Eamon and I have become friends over the years and, and it kind of made a point, like I kind of reached out to him to see if he would be interested. And I kind of, the only reason I bring this up is because Eamon's a really talented guy. Um, and I really just kind of want to like make sure that I'm giving him love and that it's not just my project and it's not just Ryan's project, but this is Eamon's project too. And I think that it's important that everybody, his name is Eamon, E-A-M-O-N Hill. And I just like, I just really want to throw him some like love because he's extremely good and extremely talented. And so if you want to watch Boys Crashing Cars and with three different artists, like, you know, operating at a really interesting, in an interesting weird space, that's what the book is. Well, that's pretty much all I've got for you, Brian. But before I let you go, do you have any other, I mean, you're talking about working on the, uh, the Batman thing. Do you have any projects that you would like to the followers should know about and where can they go to follow you on social media uh, other projects i'm working on i've got this batman fables crossover thing that's literally i don't know when this when this audio is going to come out but uh on tuesday the 28th or something like that mm -hmm. um whatever the dc release date is like whatever whatever day the dc comics come out that week uh, that's when issue number one comes out of batman versus big b uh, a wolf in gotham which is a fables crossover um, so that's the thing I've been working on. I'm pretty close to wrapping that up. I have another project that I cannot speak of, but I will say that I kind of have two different audiences. I have like the mainstream audiences that, that like the way I draw big buff dudes like fighting. And then I have the audience of people that like when I draw really surreal horror stuff. The surreal horror fans of mine are going to be very jazzed about my next project. The big buff guys, I don't think they won't be jazzed, but they're not going to be getting big rippling muscles. They're going to be getting a surreal horror project that uh, I'm very, very excited. It's already well underway. It's just a matter of getting enough done to get it kind of out into the public. So there's that. Uh, I actually just released a bunch of Halloween decorations for free. So like if you follow my Substack, um, which is thrones.substack.com. Um, you can read me pontificate about being religious and being a horror fan and being a comic creator and but like the intersection of all those things and kind of the conflict that happens, you know, like because of X, Y, or Z. Uh, so you can follow me there and you'll be able to follow, like read stuff about, you know, whatever I'm dealing with, but also like give some free Halloween decorations, get updates on other projects that I'm doing and stuff like that. You know, as you said, talking about the Batman thing, now I've talked to other artists who, when they do Batman, get kind of intimidated, uh, you know, because Batman's been around 80, 80 plus years. Uh, <laughs> did you have any problem as far as uh, that goes? So being completely honest, um, I really wasn't that intimidated by the job. Um, I don't know if some of that's just because I make tattoos for a living and there's way more that can go wrong, <laughs> like you can erase uh, in a comic book. Uh, but I, you know, there, the feeling of intimidation is actually now starting to creep up on me. Like I'm already at the end of the project, essentially, like, or at least the end of the intended duration of the project. Um, but now it's about to come out. 
so I'm kind of like, oh god, is everybody gonna hate my work? Like this, that, and the other. Like I'm kind of more afraid of like Batman fans than I am like uh, I don't know anybody else. Um, and, and as a Batman fan, I hope that I did everybody justice, including you know, including my own artistic sensibility. Um, but no, the like that was kind of the weirdest thing is that now it's all hitting now as opposed to then, which is funny. Right. So, and actually, that's that was generally what they were really talking about is right. Is how will the Batman fans react to what I put out there for them? Uh, and of course, you know, Batman fans are very have very set opinions of what they what they expect to see. But but anyway, okay. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. And uh, we will of course be following Brothers James very closely and uh, your other projects. And uh, we hopefully we'll get to talk to you again real soon. I would love that, and uh, we'll talk to you another time. Hopefully, thank you so much for having me on, Martin. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.